continue our, our series. Last week we sort of broke it up a bit just because we were sort of sprung on us with um, the, the mask thing last week and it was just a bit weird and so I felt like... You went off page. I went off, Well, I felt like I just needed to respond rather than just go as business as usual and so we did like a, what I thought was beautiful devotion time of just digging through scripture. And, um, I thought we'd do something a little bit similar today but we'll do it in the vein of our series um, that we are currently in the standard looking at the Sermon on the Mount and I thought be good for us to do this together well actually you thought it would be good this is not my idea at all i'm simply a compliant husband that's um that knows when he should do what he's told um so does that sound cool it's great. so we're up to um you already know i think it sounds cool because you just said it was my idea yeah but they don't know that they that we know that so if you okay. just be quiet now where's your head covering by the way i'm joking um so so we're up to the Lord's Prayer, which I'm going to get you to, to sort of share some thoughts on that. But um, before we do that, last week was supposed to be um, the start of Matthew chapter 6. So I'm just going to, can I just cover that really quickly because I want to share some really exciting, cool stuff and basically celebrate you guys, us as a church. That, that's really cool. So um, if you've got a Bible, turn me to Matthew chapter 6. Um, and verse 1, we're just going to read the first four verses. And then, then we'll just share some really cool things. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, notice it says when you give to the needy. It's not like, a, oh, you know, if the Spirit leads you, then give. No, no. When, because it's assumed that disciples of Jesus would follow in Jesus' steps. It's assumed that when Jesus becomes the standard for life, that we become disciples. Therefore, we see Jesus gives to the needy. Jesus, Jesus gives to those who are down and out. He, he sows his life for others. So therefore, if we are his disciples, we would do the same. So when we give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, that they may be praised by others. Surely I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give, when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Uh, or if you're left-handed, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Uh, so that by giving, you may so that your giving may be done in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now this is talking about the, the spiritual discipline of what they would call obscurity. It's about living like Jesus, not telling people you're living like Jesus. Um, it's about just going about helping people, serving people, loving people with no other reward other than the satisfaction that comes with knowing that someone else has been helped and, and, and that's awesome. But what is interesting here is... There's almost a gotcha moment. You know what, if, if you watch a lot of social things at the moment, there's these, these things called gotcha moments where they set people up for a certain thing and they come in from another angle and go, yeah, we gotcha because you said this on this day, but now you're saying this and blah, blah, blah. And it's just foul and wicked, horrible stuff. But there's almost like if you were trying to be like super clever, like a gotcha moment here with Jesus, because if you re read back just the previous chapter in verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says this, um, uh, in the same way, let your, uh, yeah, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Well, what is it, Jesus? Don't do my deeds before other people or shine my light before others so that they will see my good deeds. Gotcha. Contradiction. The whole Bible's wrong. Jesus is false. doesn't exist. I've just debunked thousands of years of history and truth and religion in that 
little paraphrase. But the thing is, it's not, it might seem like, at a cursory glance, a, a contradiction, but it absolutely isn't. Because our, our giving can't help but be seen by others because that's exactly what it is. It's an outward expression of an inward reality of what's happened inside of us that because Christ loved us, we can't help but love other people. And so when we love other people practically, it's going to be seen. But what Jesus is dealing with, which what Jesus is dealing with all the time is the internal motivations of our heart. It's what are our desired outcomes from what we're doing. Are we doing things simply to be seen by other people? Are we doing things for our own ego and for our own reputation? Or are we doing things because they simply need to be done. So here's what I would say. The goal of practicing our righteousness, that's what giving to the needy is, right? Is practicing our righteousness. The goal is to do everything unto God. Simple as that. So when you serve other people, do everything unto God. So do everything unto God in such a way that others see God in everything you do. So that's the blending of those two passages, is you do everything unto God, unto God, so that that people will see God in everything you do. So, not a contradiction. So what I, I say all that to say that, that I just want to celebrate us in this manner as far as helping the need. Now, I know that there is so much more that we could do. There is so much more that there is to be done as a church. But um, for those of you who have been around for a little while, um, if you're just visiting, this might be news to you. But we've started to, to well, we've partnered for the last two years, two or three years with, with Pete's Place, um, how that came about was we met together as a leadership team a while ago and said, how do, we, how do we serve our community? How do we help people? Like, we don't just want to have the last thing we want is a Christian club where we just come here in this exclusive members-only service and have these beautiful times of worship and hear the Word of God, have a cup of coffee, catch up with the same friends every week and go out unaffected, unchanged and uninfluential or unimpacting in this community that God's called us to reach. And so... Um, we, we read a bunch of articles written by the council, research that they did, and identified that one of the two of the major issues, there was a bunch, homelessness and domestic violence. Now, we don't have an agency or a skill set in our church currently, maybe, God willing, we will, where we could actually develop our own program that could go and help alleviate those issues. So we identified programs that already existed in our community that service both those needs, homelessness and domestic violence. And so we started to partner with them. And so primarily that was Pete's Place, who look after the homeless, and uh, Rowena Women's Refuge Centre, which look after uh, women who are victims of domestic violence, which is prolific, far more than I ever realised. It's horrible. So saying all that to say, uh, about two months ago, we decided to create C3 Kitchen. We've got a beautiful commercial kitchen out there. So we decided that we would start to make meals for the homeless people in our community and use Pete's Place as an avenue to channel the food through to actually help practically these people. So I want to give a massive shout out to our team that do that. Um, every Tuesday night, come in and cook from... Yep, yeah, you can Why clap don't you them. stand? If you're part of that team, stand part up team. so we can... Celebrate no one you. here. So if you're, you're on, on the, the Catherine's on that team. team, Emily's on that team. Who else? Awesome. There's there we like, go. Oh, Mangs, there's about Karen. a dozen people. Um, especially, want to thank, want to thank Catherine because um, she's been here every single week for the past eight or nine weeks, um, training teams, helping teams to get these meals made, packaged, and delivered, um, which is absolutely brilliant. So thank you, as well as running our prayer team and doing all sorts of stuff. You just like. Amazing. So thank you so much, Catherine, for everything you do. Um, so I say all that to say, um, 
our, our righteous deeds, we, we do it, everything unto God, so that everything we do, people will see God in, right? So we received this letter. If you received the email, um, you would have already seen this, but I just wanted to share this publicly that came through uh, just a week before last from Pete's place about our, our help. Uh, DSC3 Church, uh, I'm writing to pass on our gratitude for the cooking and delivery of food each week to Pete's place. What an absolute gift it is to see you walk through the door each week with eco-friendly cartons, because we're just a little bit extra like that, um, of healthy goodness. Each day at this service, we see up to 80 people experiencing or, or at risk of homelessness. Support from people like you uh, all allows us to provide a healthy meal to people who are rarely afforded this opportunity. Further to this, knowing that our community is spreading generosity and kindness, we call it the gospel, um, means an immense amount, not just to the staff, but also to the visitors. Your meals have given children a full tummy before school, allowed people in crisis accommodation to reheat a meal before bed, feed countless vulnerable men and women, and elicited many smiles. Thank you for your compassion and for leading the way, exemplifying that our community is stronger when we work together. Anna Scott, manager, Peace Place. That's you. This is, this is us. This is the church in action. This is our righteous deeds. Um, this is the standard that, that Jesus has set for us, that, that when we give, we give with a pure motive, we give with a clean heart, and um, so that God would be seen through our acts of kindness and generosity. So, so I think in eight weeks we've given about 700 meals to them. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So good. Absolutely. And the exciting thing is it's just the beginning. It is. Like we're only two months into it. So. Yep. Yep. And it's, um, it's really yeah. cool. So we, after, often I deliver on a Wednesday, take the meals down there and get to meet some of the people that um, are utilising the services. And it's eye-opening because it's so easy to live our life in our comfortable Christian bubble where life is well. And, and we're sort of removed from some of the, the cold face of real issues in our community. So for me, it's been really good to go and meet these people and talk with them and, and see the smiles that she talks about in that letter. So, yeah. Anyway, enough from me. Um, the Lord's Prayer, babe, we talked about prayer before. So we're up to Matthew 6, if you've got a Bible, Matthew 6, 5 to 13. And yeah, it's all about the Lord's Prayer and it's all about um, prayer really and follows on. Like the whole theme of this is simplicity and humility. It really follows on from what um, this passage you were reading was about not being showy and doing things to be seen and the same is with our prayer life that's essentially what all is all of this is about not praying to be heard and not praying to sound amazing so people go oh what a woman of prayer what a man of prayer like no let's really break it down and get to the heart of it and the humility behind prayer and I love um, I'm not reading this from the message today but I love that Eugene Peterson titles this particular passage of scripture pray with simplicity because that's essentially what it's all about. So if you've got a Bible, let's read Matthew 6, 5 to 13. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
When you pray, don't heap up empty um, phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Classic, well-known prayer. I remember the very first time I I was laughing about this with Justin last night, the very first time I heard this prayer because I didn't grow up going to church um, with my family but I remember when I was about 10 years old being at my cousin's christening with all of my dad's side of the family. There's lots of siblings and cousins and everything like that. And I remember being in this church and all of my cousins went to um, like Catholic schools and stuff. And so all of a sudden everyone stands up and I'm like, oh, okay, we're standing up. And then the whole place just knew this prayer and started praying this prayer. I thought, I'd never heard it before. And I'm like looking around and every, every kid like younger than me, like my six-year-old cousins, they're, they're like saying this and I'm like, I don't, I'm looking at my parents going, I don't know this. Where are they reading this from? But it was less like this classic thing of religion in action. Just, just, can I interject there? Has anyone else been in those moments where you just go, what the heck is going on? How it's do like, they know yeah. when to stand? How do they know when That's to stand? It's crazy, isn't it? It's why beautiful. Why don't they know? Why didn't you teach me this? <laughs> anyway, it was a pretty funny moment. I digress. But do you, do you think, like... The being able to recite the words results in power for people for, for that? No, not at all. And we'll get to that. Oh, okay, sorry. But, yeah. Just trying to make this really flowing, relatable and <laughs> casual. Um, Just shut your mouth. No, back, <laughs> kidding. Back to the notes. Um, but what these um, first few passages um, up the top of this are doing are exposing the effect of sin on the human soul. So really what all of this comes down to is the issue of the heart. And so sin is actually creeping into our prayer life because we can make it all about ourselves. We can make it all about how we want to be heard, how we want to be seen, how we want people to think of us in regards to how we pray. And so we can be in the very presence of God and praying to God but be making it all about self, which essentially is sin, right? Um, sin is ultimately self-worship. And so sometimes we can convince ourselves that we're worshipping and that we're praying and we're making it all about God, but we're actually making it all about ourselves. Um, Did you want to say anything? Do you want to make it flow? I'm just going to receive the conviction as you (laughs) I'm asking God to forgive me right now. But it's true. It's like I'm assuming like you're talking primarily like in a prayer meeting, like a public setting. Because yeah, I mean I don't know that people would do this in a private setting in their prayer closet, but um. but it could, right? Hmm. Because you can you can be in the secret place with God, but everyone can know about it. That's worth hashtagging on in, on because, social media so everyone can see. Well, yeah. I mean, you see it. On social media, you see even just how people talk about it, talking about the prayer. Do you know what I mean? It's like, have you seen that church dude with a sign? 
younger people know what I mean, about this guy that holds up signs and it, he holds up these signs and one of them says, um, stop Instagramming your quiet time <laughs> because it's like, you can be, you can have the secret place with Jesus but you're telling everyone about it on, on social media and it's like, put that away. Just let your secret place be your secret place and I think that's, so it doesn't necessarily have to be always public, but it can creep into the private. Mm, totally. Yeah. Good. Great. We're good? We're good. We're Keep great. moving. We're really good. We're so good. We're so great. So there's a false way of praying and a true way of praying, I suppose. Um, the essential fault with the false way of praying is that it, it concentrates on self. It becomes all about self, and the attention on, is on the one who is praying rather than on who we are praying to. Yeah. So you can be in a prayer meeting, but you're actually thinking about the words that you're going to say so that they make sense and, and all of that, and all of the focus is on you. It's not actually on God. Mm. And so the first, um, the first trouble with this false way of praying is that we're anxious to be known as one who prays. And so uh, we want a reputation as a person of prayer. We want to be seen by others. We're motivated to be seen as a, like I said before, as a person of prayer. Um, but yeah, as we said, it can also be subtle. We desire to have an effect on ourselves with our fancy prayers rather than coming before God with reverence like, and, and honour and remembering who we're standing before. Because prayer is ultimately a talk, a conversation, a communion with my father, right? And when I talk to my father, I don't rehearse, like, like physically, my dad, I don't rehearse what I'm going to say. I don't come before him with fancy words. There's a spontaneity and there's a, an authenticity and it's quite natural the way I interact so, so with your, my So your dad. dad's name's Jeff, right? Yeah. I, I know that because I've been married to you for 19 I'm years. I'm so glad you know that. So you, you, are you telling me, Anna, that in your conversations with your dad, day to day, you don't say things like this. Hey, Father Jeff, how was your day, Father Jeff? Father Jeff, what did you do today? Did you go to the shops, Father Jeff? How was that, Father Jeff? Father Jeff, I think you're great, Father Jeff. Thank you for that present, Father Jeff. You no, don't do that? No, I do not. Oh, okay. That's weird. I do it to God all the time. So there's no need to come before God in such a polished and rehearsed manner because that's mm. not how we talk to people. Like, let's make it relaxed. Let's make it uh, relational and, um, and, yeah. That's good. I think it's important. I think it's what, we're trying to, what Jesus is trying to do, and we're trying to get on the Jesus train, is, is debunk these spiritual myths that try to hijack the supernatural and make them superstitious. Yeah. Jesus is super relatable, super chill, like he's, he's, he's the way, the truth, and the life, but, but he's not weird and wacky, and he's basically saying to, to, to people, don't be like the Pharisees who just are so self-righteous trying to impress everybody with how they pray. Just simplify the way you pray and realize who you're praying to, that you're not praying to the approval of other people, you're praying to the connection of your Heavenly Father. That's think, the, the yeah, beauty of totally. it. Yeah, totally. And I think that's almost become like this culture in Christian circles where so many of us have become so intimidated by praying out loud because of that whole thing of wanting to be seen and heard or, or saying the wrong thing. And so I've been in so many prayer meetings. I mean, it's, you know, as you get older or whatever, it doesn't matter so much. But I remember just as a young person being so terrified of public prayer meetings that someone would ask me to pray out loud. 
because so many people, and hey, plenty, like there's nothing wrong with amazing sounding prayers if that's what's pouring out of your heart. We're not saying that, don't, but just let it be authentic and let it be natural. And don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid of what you're going to sound like because oftentimes the person that, you know, sounds the most real and pure and nervous has such a purity of heart. And sometimes I think maybe God pays a little bit more attention to those prayers rather than the person that's pre-rehearsed and saying all the right things. But heart could potentially be focused on self. Like I remember my mum, I, I remember this moment so clearly. Before I had started coming to church and become a Christian, because when I say I didn't grow up in a Christian family, I didn't grow up going to church, but my mum... Like we always went to church if we were staying with my grandparents or whatever and and my mum would I knew about Jesus. And I remember this night going to bed, I kicked my toe so bad on the end of the bed, and it was the most excruciating pain. I'd kicked my toe plenty of times before, but this, I was convinced it was broken. I couldn't have a sheet lying on it because just that light weight of the sheet was it hurt. And I remember my mom, I was maybe like 12, saying, why don't we just pray? Like, let's pray for your toe. And she prayed, and that was that. And the next morning I woke up and had no bruising and no pain. It was like nothing had ever happened. And I remember in that moment going, I reckon God could be real. And it wasn't a fancy prayer by, like, it wasn't call the pastor and let's pray for your toe. It was my mom who just had this purity of heart to go, why don't we just pray? Jesus, I pray that you would heal Anna's toe. That was it. And God healed my toe. And that for me was such an eye-opening thing and something that I've never forgotten because it, I, I recall that quite often when I'm praying and praying for miracles and believing for miracles. It's like it doesn't have to be fancy and we don't, you know, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Yeah. And so often, and yes, there are times for this, and I'm not disregarding it, but so often we call on others to pray for us, forgetting about the power that lives on the inside of us and who dwells on the inside of us. So that's that. Because that's awesome. <laughs> I think the, the, the thing is, too, what we, what we don't want to do and what Jesus is certainly not doing is scaring people off from praying. Like it's not it's not about the the don'ts it's about the do's and what, should we we should probably jump into what prayer then looks like could we do that or you got anything yeah. else you want to talk about because I think that's that's the beauty of Jesus sort of debunking this religious formulaic prayer type of thing into like hey let's just keep it simple what's really about um, do you want to talk about that yeah well, yeah it's a matter of the approach and remembering who we're approaching mm. there was a few other um, points about how like a true way of praying um it was something that i was reading earlier this week it was about three things to think about when we're praying and it's exclusion so when we come before jesus we actually exclude like we have to be really conscious of what we're thinking about so we actually exclude ourselves we exclude others and we just come before jesus pure not thinking about anything or anyone or carrying anything with us 
but we shut out and forget other people and we shut out and forget about ourselves. And the beautiful thing is you can do that when you're walking down the street. You don't actually have to be locked into a room, but you can, uh, like sometimes I do this at work, like, and I just, if I get overwhelmed or whatever, or something happens, I not work here, of course, that's always perfect. Yeah, I get that. You know, like I just have this moment where I just, I just go, Jesus, 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 thank you that you're with me. And it's like you just forget everything else, you forget yourself, you forget everything and you just come into awareness of the presence of God and that he is with you. And so you can be anywhere but be in this moment of exclusion where you're just forgetting everything else and focusing on Jesus. The second thing is realisation. It's realising who, who God is, what he's done for you and who you were coming before and coming before him as children. Just like how my mum prayed for my toe, that's coming before him as a child. Such simplicity of faith heal her toe and believing it and walking away. And the third thing is confidence. Having the confidence. God, I trust you. Confidence comes down to trust. When you trust, you can have confidence. And so it's trusting who God is and, and the promises of his word. So yeah, so then Jesus sets a standard and says, pray then like this. So then we go into the Lord's Prayer. I remember Phil Pringle teaching on this many, many years ago, maybe 15 years ago, and it's always stuck, stuck with me about how every morning when he prays and, and walks the beaches of Sydney, that he, he walks through the Lord's Prayer as he prays. And I just remember him breaking that down and, and how he goes about it. Did you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, well, we've probably got not much time, but um, do you want me just to skip through it? Go, tiptoe, well, skip. Because I think jump. This, I'm not going to jump. My knees are too short. Um, but the, the beauty of it is, as Emma said, it's in the simplicity. And, and I think we do ourselves and God a great disservice if the Lord's Prayer in particular becomes um, a religious mantra or it becomes a, a little a creed or a chant that we do to make ourselves feel good. I think when you, when you break it down slowly... It's such a profound reorientation of our whole life as a child of God to realize who we are and whose we are and what we have. And so even just like the first thing is like our father. Like God's our dad, a loving father, a caring father. And our, like it's, it's, there's, a, there's a plurality there. It's like together we, we, we pro, it's not just about me, it's about we. So our, our Father who is in heaven, so he is in all authority, our dad, our caring relational um, authority figure, is in heaven, ruler over everything. Hallowed be your name. So, so holy be your name. So, so we're positioning ourselves before someone who absolutely loves us and is so endeared towards us, but also we're having this holy reverence towards him because he's not our best mate, he's not the big fella upstairs. It's still the almighty living God who we need to have awe and reverence for. Um, so so our, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So again, it's getting our, our eyes off ourself and realizing how am I on mission here? 
There's a reason, there's a destiny for me to be put on this planet Earth, and it's to discover who I am and whose I am and, and, and the mission I now have as a person, which ultimately is the Great Commission, which Jesus said to go into all the world and make disciples. So your will be done. God's will is that none should perish, and he's using you and I on mission to make that um, come to pass. So, so your will be done on Earth as it is in heaven, so God's will is perfectly executed in heaven because heaven is perfect. Earth is imperfect, but we need God needs agents of truth and representatives, ambassadors who will follow him into an imperfect world to bring the perfect truth so that his will that is outworked in heaven can be outworked on earth, and that's through you and I. Um, give us today our daily bread. So, so give us everything we need to be able to be sustained in this life to do what you've called us to do. That God wants to resource his people. God wants to bless his people that we can't do what God's called us to do without his divine blessing and his divine anointing on. Um, and, that, and then even just slowing it down even further yeah. to going, okay, I need your provision in this area of my life. Mm. I need your provision in my health. I need your provision in my finances, whatever yep. it is. And it's like this breaking it down even further. Absolutely. Praying for your kids, praying for your family in that moment. Mm. Lord, our provider, everything we need comes from you. 100%. Yep. Forgive and us. And forgive us our sin, right? Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Yep. So forgiveness is, is and will always be the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Um, for God so loved the world he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish have eternal life that God would forgive us of our sin and we read down at the very end of this um, passage Jesus would say um, if, if we don't forgive others then there, there, there doesn't exist forgiveness for us from the Father so, so part of God's prayer is yep Lord, would you, would you give me all the things I need to do the mission you've called me to do, but also um, forgive me of the thing that's going to short-circuit me from outworking this mission, which is sin. It's going to derail me. It's going to distract me. It's going to take me off course. So would you forgive me of this sin, keep my heart pure, keep my heart soft, and help me forgive others who sin against me too so that I can live the freely and lightly life that Jesus talks about. Too, like just creating those moments of silence and solitude while mm. working through that and just going, all right, pause, God, show me where I need to forgive someone. Show me where I've done wrong. Show me where I need to apologize. Like creating those moments of space to actually not just pray through this, but go, all right, speak to me, show me, and being so aware um, in that moment as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, then deliver us from evil. It's like, all right, God, I'm putting my well-being in your sovereign hands of, of protection um, because we are called on mission to bring God's perfect will into an imperfect world and so there's going to be opposition. There's going to be evil that will try to get on us, get in us and try to distract us and all that sort of stuff. So um, deliver us from that. God, would you, would you rescue us? Would you protect us? Would you help us to, to be reminded of your presence that dwells in us to bring us protection and to bring us provision? I think it's, those, it's quite basic, but when you break it down and, and just extract it out, what that actually means, it's quite beautiful, beautiful and profound. Yeah. yeah. And it's not gobbledygook. It's not, you know, the latest theology words you've, you, you've learned and so you're going to put them into a, into a prayer. It's just like, God, I want to realign myself with you i want to yeah. i want to trust you more i want to and, and being yeah being like 
living a life of prayer where we're conscious of the presence of God. And so it's, it doesn't just become a, an alarm clock that we get up to every day to tick a box off that we've done our prayer life for today. It's like, no, like recognizing that we carry the presence of God, that Jesus is with us everywhere we go, that he is close, that he actually desires relationship with us not just to be a thing that we tick off a list, but, yeah. yeah and I would say, um, brutally honestly, I think prayerlessness is probably one of the biggest factors in church life today. Um, and I think, you know, it's, and without prayer, we, we suffocate spiritually. And so I think it's important that we revisit this and reprioritize this and remind ourselves of how important prayer is and, and the why behind prayer and the who of prayer because um, that's what's going to see the miracles come to pass. That's what's going to see the, the things that God's called us to do and God's put inside of us will come to pass when we, when we pray. And um, if we're not praying, then we're sort of short-circuiting ourselves and we're relying on our own spirit, our own strength to do stuff. Um, so, yeah. Would you simply pray for us? Oh, I can't. I can't pray out loud. Oh, you can. And don't try to impress people with your words, though. All right, because you're not praying to them, you're praying to God. So we'll all be watching and judging you to see how simply you are praying this morning. Um, Am I practicing what well, I'm preaching? Exactly right. Jesus, we thank you for your presence here today. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you that we can come boldly and confidently and freely before you. Um, Help us to draw near to you. Help us to be closer to you. Help us to desire you. Help us to want to spend time with you and in your presence. And God, I thank you that you would just stir up a desire for prayer um, amongst every single one of us. A desire to be at the prayer meeting on a Sunday morning. A desire for more of you, to seek you more, to be with you more, to, to see prayer as a, a joy and a delight not a, um, a task. God, I pray that you would just reveal yourself to us more and more and, and that our relationship with you would be one that is always growing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.